in the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. I confess that I have in the past imagined throwing a party and nobody came. I need not to have worried, but tell that to a whole bunch of folks on the social media site Reddit that provides a space called Confession. Confession describes itself as a place to admit your wrongdoings, acknowledge your guilt, and alleviate your conscience. Turns out the king in today's parable is in very good company. All kinds of people on Reddit have confessed that they threw a party and nobody came. Some guests failed to RSVP at all, and some did but failed to show or even have the courtesy of giving an explanation. One party planner was so angry, she never gave another party, choosing forevermore to spend all special events with just her nuclear family. Another one completely excised the no-shows from his life with no remorse and not a second thought. And yet another one cried and cried into his cocktail while hugging his cat. We might say, well, maybe they aren't known for throwing a very good party. But in today's parable, we're talking about a powerful king. What a surprise. He sends his favored subjects a fancy save the date to a wedding banquet. They RSVP that they will indeed joyfully join in the celebration. But on the day of the big event, they refuse to come. Their work schedule has changed, or maybe they got a better, more exciting offer. Even after hearing how sumptuous the feast will be, they refuse the invitation. Some go to incredible lengths to get out of going to the party, including actually becoming violent. Frequently, this parable has been examined as an allegory where the king is God. That would be one possibility. The other possibility is that this story is what the gospel purports it to be, a parable, a short, albeit disturbing story designed to teach a moral or religious lesson. There is no getting around the fact that this parable includes a strong dose of violence, so much so that on its face it seems rather absurd. Would wealthy subjects or citizens go to such lengths that some even murder the messengers just to pursue their own interests? Would a king become so enraged with his subjects that he not only kills those who reject him, but also burns his own city? What might be Jesus's message in this very disquieting story? We need not look very far to answer the question of whether a king or ruler would ever become so enraged that he destroyed his own people. 
history has plenty of examples. The first figure that came to my mind was Nero, the great persecutor of Christians, who some believe was responsible for the fire that destroyed Rome in 64 of the Common Era. We can follow with one after another, Yvonne the Terrible, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, on up to the present day. But what of the citizens who are so consumed with protecting their own welfare and interests that they mistreat, abuse, and even murder slaves? We cannot escape the obvious and dramatic parallel of inhumane treatment that is modern-day slavery. Slavery guarantees prosperity to the powerful abusers, whether the slaveholder is a well-off citizen, a king, or a sanctioned group. Anti-Slavery International estimates that 40 million people are trapped in modern-day slavery worldwide in the forms of human trafficking, forced labor, debt bondage, descent-based slavery, slavery of children, and forced early marriage. Now, there are many less dramatic, but just as damaging ways we as citizens, individually and through our policymakers, keep vulnerable people oppressed and in the margins. In our time and place, we have witnessed shocking killings of black men and women, as well as police officers. We have seen with our own eyes desperate families fleeing violence and then being separated from each other, and communities of color being decimated by COVID. The veil has been pulled back on the intentional mass incarceration of black men. We continue to ponder why we are unable or unwilling to solve homelessness and hunger and provide basic medical care to those who cannot afford insurance or who are afraid to access it. There is, though, but one moment in our parable where the king exhibits semi-Christ-like behavior. He said to his slaves, go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Now, even if it is to soothe his own ego, the king nonetheless gives us a glimpse of what kind of message Jesus is sending us. For you know, Jesus will use whatever we bring, the good and the bad. Jesus's message is clear, and so is his familiar invitation. Everyone is invited to God's abundant table, no exceptions. Yet, Jesus is always in stewardship season. There is always going to be an ask of his disciples. Jesus is always going to ask us to join with him in the work of justice. 
He asks us to self-reflect, to examine our own, behavior, own behaviors and our preconceptions. He is asking us not to throw him or anyone else out of the wedding hall because they appear ragged. He's asking us to stop binding others in a false underclass in service to the more affluent and influential, but rather to seek to offer healing to those who are weeping in their cocktail, hope to those who have suffered so deeply they are righteously angered, and comfort to those who have pushed into isolation and despair. Rather than logging on to confession too quickly to alleviate our own collective unease, let us strive to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and live into the opportunities for change that God is offering at this very moment. Praying for an open heart and mind to grasp the issues being presented is our ground. Listening to the stories of those on the margins is vital. Supporting organizations that touch our hearts is life-giving. Voting our conscience is essential, no matter what side of the aisle we are on. Let us join with Jesus as we envision and work for what can and should be. Let us join with each other and create the world where those who have been waiting and waiting are finally able to throw their own sumptuous feast. Amen. <laughs>